0: Hey, this is Emily Rudo. I'm an entrepreneur, an avid long-distance runner, and you're listening to The Mountain Movers Podcast.
1: This is The Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you, the ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it this is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. Welcome back, Mountain Movers. Today, I am connecting with a force to be reckoned with. Emily, let's kick things off with letting our listeners know who you are and what you do.
0: Thanks, Jake. Um, and thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm a 31-year-old, originally from Toronto, currently living in Calgary. Um, I'm an avid long-distance runner. Um, I'm self-employed. been self-employed for just over four years now. I co-own a business that develops base layer apparel for hockey players and also freelance in digital marketing.
1: And so, you know, given the world we live in right now, what has been your... Sanity throughout the world we live in today.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really tough. Um, I previously pre-COVID, I was living downtown Toronto, and I made the decision to move back temporarily with my parents in Waterloo. Um, I've been living on my own since I was eighteen years old, so that was a huge challenge. But it was nice to be surrounded by family. Um, I was lucky that they had a treadmill in the basement and some weights and. I kind of used that as an opportunity to just really, like, train for longer and, um, you know, work on uh, my strength and uh, some other activities I kind of engaged in. I did a lot of reading that kept me sane. Um, A little bit of my work slowed down um, due to COVID, so I used that extra time to kind of invest in um, more personal projects, um, writing. Um, trying to like make a more cognizant effort of FaceTime video conferencing with friends and um, extended family, tried to limit the amount of TV and social media. But I do have a guilty pleasure um, with RuPaul. So I tried to limit that to one episode a day. (laughs) But really, I just kind of took it like a day at a time. Um, And yeah, it kind of got a little bit too much where I was just like pouring myself into like self-development activities and then um, I had a little bit of burnout but really it was just trying to kind of fill that fill that time as best I could
1: well it sounds like you're you know doing what you can to keep going and ultimately that's all we can really do in a time like this is find those constants find those things to lean into and you know wherever that takes us we kind of just go with it for sure So before we get into what I'm going to call the Emily Hall of Fame, let's get into (laughs) what we don't know. So have you always been a runner?
0: No. (laughs) So I used to do a little bit of track and field here and there growing up, um, mostly like sprinting, Um, never into cross country or any sort of long distance Uh, running. I was really into more team sports like hockey and soccer were kind of my big two. And then um, I played Um, rugby a bit in first year university. Um, But it was only until like, I guess it was in um, my second year at university when I really started to get into running slowly.
1: What was the deciding factor that uh, sort of made you go all in? What shifted or happened that made you decide that this is so cool?
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's kind of random. Um, So I started running mostly just I wanted to lose weight gained the freshman, probably 20 <laughs> in first year. And I was like, okay, I need to make a big change. So um, I was actually at a health food store picking up like some supplements and protein. And I found this random brochure and I had a 22 minute interval treadmill workout. And so basically you would start at like level four for a minute and then you go up to five and back down to four, then to five, six, and then back down to four. And then you just keep building it up over time. So I just literally did that interval treadmill workout religiously, like four times a week at least. Um, and then I would start, I slowly started running outside for like 20 minutes at a time. And then um, I guess kind of like building that up. And I just really started liking it. Running got a lot easier. Um, I just loved the endorphins, you know, the quotidian <laughs> runner's high. Um, and then in the summer of my third year, actually moved out to BC and um just to like work out there uh, with a friend and that's where I entered like my first few races so I did a triathlon which was like an epic fail (laughs) made me realize that I hated swimming almost drowned in the pool it was just disastrous and then the and then I went um I did the bike too and I just did not enjoy it I fell off the bike like five times, my gear like broke off when I was going up the mountain. But then like when I got to the top and did the 5k run, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. (laughs) So easy. So that's kind of when I realized, okay, running is like more my thing, more of a natural talent. Um, And then after that, still out in BC, I entered my first, um, like official half marathon. um, And I placed, I think it was fourth in my gender age category. um, And I just really enjoyed it. And after that, I I just really started getting more and more into running. The next year, um, or sorry, not the next year, but the year after, I entered. I did my first marathon, and then it just became like an addiction
1: <laughs> from there. It's pretty remarkable hearing these stories. I'm I'm pretty new to running. Uh, I I guess like the last year and a half. Um, but it's crazy what you can accomplish in such a short period of time. You know, you start to realize that hey, this isn't like so bad this isn't as bad as everyone you know talks about but I guess for me I'm just wondering what kept that fire burning so the triathlon didn't go as planned and then you you you, you found running as a way of you know kind of fulfilling that but what kept the ball rolling
0: yeah, I just, I really love that feeling. Um, I guess like challenge is one of my like, kind of core values and I just love pushing myself and just like there's nothing more euphoric than the feeling of crossing that finish line. And, and once you do it once, it's like, oh, I need more and more. Um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because like for me, I I have a hard time just really enjoying the accomplishment. Um, it's always like what's next, what's next, but um yeah, every race I do, um, I just, I want to keep challenging myself. I want to keep pushing. I want to do something different, even though it's scary. I just, you know, you just kind of get into that, I guess, habit or set or mindset where you just want to keep, mm. keep going. Mm.
1: You, you you just mentioned something super interesting to me. And I I was actually feeling it a lot this morning. And it's that whole concept of what's next, what's next, because I feel like you know, we do something like a marathon or uh, something that to us takes a lot of our energy, a lot of our time, a lot of our drive. And then when that's over, there's sort of this period where you're not really doing much because, you know, your body's recovering and you're still in the midst of figuring out, you know, what's next. So how do you personally get over that bump?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, like for sure. It's, um, probably one of the hardest things that I have to deal with, to be honest. Um, and I'm still like, I still haven't perfected it at all. Um, I get in these like, kind of, you know, I'm a high stimulus person and, um, just kind of not having anything to look forward to, especially with COVID and all like the races that I had planned this year canceled. Um, this is the first year I haven't done one in like ten years. So, but even when I was doing races, it's like, I just, I guess I just have to, you know, I, it's really hard. <laughs> I can't, I can't even tell you because I, I am always planning the next, like I let myself enjoy the accomplishment for like a week or so. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough. I need to push myself even further. Um, I guess I've gotten a little bit better at it this year. Um, just ch- try to have a little bit more self-compassion where mm. I'm not always like, onto like the next thing Um, I did do like a whole challenge um, where I wanted to break a world record so after Mm. that it's hard to top that right and I had all these like crazy ideas of topping that and what's next and then I had to reel that back in and just say you know there's other challenges that I can do that aren't just physical as well but also mental and that's one thing this year um, because I couldn't you know focus on improving my time in a marathon or pushing to do a longer distance or a different ultra marathon. Instead, I just kind of took that energy and poured it into like writing and, and trying to help others. And I found that really rewarding and it kind of helped me through this period and not, you know, having to like set another another goal. But I still get in these like periods where it's like, what's next? What's next? Even just of day to day, like it's so hard to just kind of be present. But um, meditations also really helped me with that. Um, just cause I have a super active mind. It's really mm. hard to kind of just like, and especially like this ties into being self-employed as well. Um, it's like this feeling of guilt. It's like, I haven't accomplished enough today. Like I, no matter how much I do, it's like, when does work end? Like, is it enough? It's not enough. And then I have this like overwhelming guilt. So just kind of like, you know, writing down, writing out like, okay, I'm going to accomplish this today. And that's going to be good. That's going to be good enough. And just, I don't know, it's, it's hard. Um, I do have some other friends that are also the same way and just talking to them has really helped me um, and kind of reel it in and, and and, um, not set so many goals for myself, but yeah, definitely uh, ongoing work in progress for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can very much resonate with with all of that but mm-hmm. let's take a walk down you know what I mentioned to be the Emily Hall of Fame so <laughs> I know that you have run you know several marathons including uh, a couple world majors you've done some ultra marathons and then you have uh, broken a world record at one point point. and before we get into that I do want to know um, a bit more about this ambitious mindset you have that you know makes you want to run a marathon that makes you want to run an ultra marathon talk to me about that
0: yeah I think it's partially in my nature like I've always just loved challenging myself and I've been in sports and I always just kind of like you know like to push myself um I guess like every time I complete a challenge or do one of these races it just helps me build more and more confidence and and I guess it kind of just expands my mindset to Um, make me want to accomplish more it's like this inner force that I can't really explain but when I feel like the most alive and the most energized it's when I'm planning like my next challenge or I'm in the midst of another challenge it just like makes me feel I know it sounds like really corny but like makes me feel alive Um, and it just like brings a lot of happiness and purpose into my everyday life.
1: Let's compare Boston and New York for a second. I ran New York in 2019, but, you know, never run Boston. So can I hear a little bit about an insider scoop on uh, what that race is like?
0: Yeah, Boston was crazy. It was um, it meant a lot to me because I tried to get in a few times. Um, so the first marathon, I was a minute over my qualifying time. And then the second marathon I ran, I was a minute under, but I didn't get in because the um, the number of people that um, applied, there was just too many. So they mm-hmm. had to just kind of take a cutoff time and it, I was off by two seconds. and that was a really hard year for me. I was going through a lot of like personal um, issues. So the one thing I was looking forward to is actually getting into the Boston Marathon, didn't get in. And then the third one, I finally, I got 20 minutes under the qualifying time. I knew I would run it, but I just had a lot of like because I worked so hard to get there. I just, it it meant a lot more than like, say, New York did to me. Um, The course itself was tough, hilly. Um, It starts with like a downhill. And I know a lot of people go really hard on the downhill. But um, I tried to kind of read up on the course a bit and pace the downhill slow because I knew um, there's like, I think it's like 30k in or so there's, um, heartbreak hill and it's like mm-hmm. I might be off with like didn't the exact mileage but it's kind of like an 8k stretch of like a slow incline so I knew that like if I went too hard on the downhill at the beginning my quads would be shot by the time I got there um, but it was just like a really beautiful course the crowds were just insane they had um, yeah they had like it's just so much support and Um, yeah, it was just a very sentimental race for me just because, like I said, I worked really hard and I got all teary-eyed when I turned the corner and was crossing the finish line. Um, It was kind of a long time ago, it feels like, so I don't remember, like, too many details, but I just remember that it was a very, um, yeah, euphoric feeling.
1: So from someone who went from, you know, not a very... Uh, fulfilling a triathlon to then a half marathon to a marathon and then ultimately a couple ultra marathons what was the you know the progression there obviously when you think about what's next you're thinking about how you can go above and beyond but mm-hmm. was there any part of you that was like almost a little hesitant to tackle something like a hundred mile run
0: yeah for sure <laughs> um yeah so I mean I I try not to just jump into something where I don't have like a little bit of a build-up so um because I did a marathon my first ultra marathon was actually 50 miles so it was an ADK run and that I was terrified for it was a trail run I'm also a road runner um but I I knew I'd eventually want to do the 100 miles so I started with that just had to completely like I I talked to other ultra runners I did a lot of research and I just had to prepare myself mentally because it's a completely different mentality going into an ultra from a marathon. Um, whereas like a marathon for me, at least I'm so focused on time and getting a good time and getting a PB. Um, whereas like with ultra marathons, you just kind of want (laughs) to finish and you have to go slow and there's a lot of walking. Um, so I guess like I, the progression, um, like I, I just I've always wanted to do an ultra and I just I couldn't really fathom people running that long um, but it was actually a friend um, a friend of a friend at a party that told me she did one and kind of explained her her journey and told told me all about it And I was just so intrigued and um, yeah after I did the 50 mile I did the same race but the 100 mile so I already knew the course I knew even though like in the 100 mile I actually got lost like really <laughs> lost still not like a little directionally challenged, but that's, uh, besides the point. Um, anyway, so I kind of just like primed it with doing like the 50 mile first and then the hundred mile. Um, and that's kind of how I've like approached anything, even with like, you know, and I said, you said, we're going to get into it, but like the half marathon challenge, like I did like a 10 K per day challenge before that. So I, you know, started off a little bit smaller to kind of build my confidence before going into something like really, really challenging.
1: And so Yeah, you just said it. We are going to get right into it. Um, Talk to me about a couple of these challenges that you have, you know, accomplished.
0: Yeah, so um, normally, I I guess, like, I I think it's pretty normal now. A lot of people do, like, sober January or, like, a 30-day challenge of some sort. Um, Like, I did a 30-day vegan challenge. um, But usually at the beginning of the year, I, I set, like, some sort of goal. And in 2017... Um, or I guess it was the end of 2016, um, I read a book by Chris Gilbo called um, The Happiness of Pursuit. And basically it's talking about um, the concept of questing. So um, I kind of set like a mini quest um, to do like a 10K per day um, in the month of January. Before that, I was doing like five to six K, five to six days a week. So 10K, even though it didn't seem like a lot, it was like a bit of a stretch for me but also seemed doable, um, so I did that challenge, and after that, I um, I just had this, like, craving to do something else, so I took a couple months after that um, off, and then I just was, like, on a run one day, and I just came up with an idea to run, a, do, like, do some sort of consecutive um, challenge that's, like, I guess a little bit more ostentatious, so I came home, I like researched Guinness world record. Um, I looked at marathons, the consecutive marathons and half marathons and then I saw at the world record in Guinness for um, females to run the most consecutive half marathon distance was 60. So I was just like, oh, I could do that maybe. (laughs) So I just randomly um, had this idea to to give it a try and then um, ran it by my friends and family who thought it was a terrible idea but I literally couldn't get it out of my head and I was like oh no I'll do it next year like but I just like couldn't get it out of my head so I ended up starting that one um back that May so (laughs) just a few months after the 10k per day challenge um and yeah that was an an insane experience
1: (laughs) so take me through this uh 74 day journey I mean, I'm sure, you know, the first one kind of the endorphins are flying and the adrenaline's boosting and you're just ready to go. But I, I'm i not sure if that, you know, would last throughout 74 days. So what were you feeling?
0: Yeah. So at the beginning, um, I had like so many different mixed emotions. I was, like you said, like super excited and I announced it on social media so i felt like this responsibility that i had to do it for me like that really helps me stay accountable as if i announce it like whether people care or not it just it just holds me accountable um because if no one knows about it then i could just quit <laughs> so that's one strategy that i use um mm. but yeah i did have a lot of self-deprecating thoughts as well when i did announce it um I did see a lot of people like comment about how bad it was for my body and how I'd get injured or how my knees would be like shot and how it's not possible. And honestly, like those really did get to my head because I've never run even two half marathon distances in a row. Um, So that was like a little bit challenging. And I think like that mentality, like I actually started getting a little bit injured the first week. Um, I had these weird pains like under my foot and above my knee Um, part some of the days I couldn't walk afterwards Um, I was just feeling like really low in confidence Um, but like then I'd have like a random sporadic good day where you know I'd complete it and feel good Um, but the first few weeks were definitely tough but one thing that I did know um, from doing the 10k per day challenge was that the body is very good at acclimatizing the distance. So I knew going into it that I would have a little bit of a kind of period where my body would be, you know, transitioning into, um, to allow me to run a little bit longer And that, you know, I think like between the time where I'd run, um, you know, that day and then the next day I'd just really focus on like rest and recovery. And I bought a foam roller and I iced and I stretched And I just tried not to walk like anywhere. (laughs) So I tried to give my body like the most rest I could in between. Um, So that was like a, like the beginning of the challenge was like, like I said, like tough, but then um, I did start, you know, it did start getting easier. Um, Every single day I would do a blog post on my experience, share on social media. I got a lot of like strangers following along and giving me encouraging comments or people I haven't talked to in years, sending me messages. And those comments and messages really helped me keep going. Um especially on kind of the tougher days. But every single day like I felt amazing. Like every single day I felt like I had so much purpose. I felt like I was accomplished accomplished something huge. Um and it was just kind of like that countdown to get closer to the the record and as I got closer to like day 61 so it was really really like there's just so many like unexpected things that happened Um, one was uh, Chris Guillebeau the author of that book the happiness of pursuit um, that I read I reached out to him and told him that his book inspired the challenge and he invited me not sure if you've heard of it it's called the world domination summit um, but it was funny because it's like a, a big conference with all these like speakers. There's like prolific authors and it's just a really neat um conference. But I went in port went to Portland, I guess it was like close to day 60. And um I actually ended up um running day sixty-one, like the World Record Breaking Day, um, the kickoff of the conference, which is like a weird synchronicity, I guess. Yeah. Um but, yeah, then I caught a stomach bug when I was in Portland, and I had another like bout of like really bad days, like as I got closer to day seventy um But it's funny because at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, I have so much longer to go, like I can't have all this confidence, I need to keep going slow, I need to always tell myself like I just need to complete it, I can stop, I can stretch um along the way if I need to. I don't need to worry about a time, and that mentality like really helped me complete it, but yeah, as I was getting closer to day 70, I did have like another, um, I don't know, kind of transition to stopping. I was like, I don't really want to stop. I got scared to stop, which is kind of (laughs) strange. um, Because it just brought, like I said, like so much purpose. And I was like, okay, so what, what do I do after I hit day 70? So then day 70 came, and it was like a really great run. Um, Some people that Um, had been following along on Instagram, came and ran. um, And then some other friends and acquaintances came as well. And um, after day 70, I decided to keep running. And I forgot to mention that um, during the Run 70 Challenge, I was also raising money for the Canadian Cancer Society and had a goal to hit 10K in fundraising. Um, So I was a little bit short on day 70 and then I was like okay well I'll keep going until I hit that fundraising goal and day 71 I hit it and then we're mm-hmm. past it and then I went did 72 73 and 74 and I was like should I do 100 should I do should I just keep going until I can't but I don't know I, I started to see some of my relationships suffer and like my work was picking up and like it's just such a time commitment every day with like the actual run the posting, um, the recovery, it took up like half a day. <laughs> I was like, I can't sustain this any longer, even though my body physically, I think I could have kept going. I just like day 74, I would just, I just threw in the towels. Like that's, I've, I was just done. I knew I had a meeting that day and I was late for it. And I was like, I just, I need to, you know, kind of reprioritize now. And I think like my time is done.
1: <laughs> so from my perspective or anybody who followed that incredible journey uh sort of all we see is you know you're taking on this incredible ambitious adventure and you're just you know taking it where it needs to go and you're taking yourself where it needs to go but behind the scenes you know you still had a job you still had family you had friends and you know this I guess started to consume you a bit
0: yeah, for sure. So um, I didn't do as much freelance work back then, but I was really focused on kind of my hockey business and um, the timing was good to start the the um, challenge. It was in the spring um, and usually like hockey, it's pretty slow time of year, but we, our busiest time is like end of July, starting in August. So that's right when the challenge was like coming to a close. Um, so just work demands like started picking up and I am self-employed, so I do have responsibility. I can't just like and even if I had a full time job, I just wouldn't be able to take off like that much time. So um yeah, and then I just I didn't see a lot of friends during that time. Um I didn't go home to like my parents live in Waterloo. I don't think I went home like once um to see them during that whole time and usually I go home a few times a month. So um yeah, definitely work and my relationship suffered and um it just wasn't worth it to me anymore to sacrifice those things
1: yeah but ultimately 74 days you know later you broke a world record and what did that feel like
0: yeah um the actual record breaking day was um pretty cool it was uh um it just because i was in portland and my partner at the time and one of my best friends was there Um, and then all these people like were at the finish line, um, as well, um, congratulating me. So, um, yeah, that feeling was insane. Day 70, um, also and that, um, just having like so many people come out and support me, that honestly meant more to me than actually like finishing it. Um, just having like so many people support it and Also, like some people started their own challenges, like run consecutive running challenges um, when I was doing that as well, that people I don't know um, that were inspired by it. So I felt like more, I don't know, I felt like the whole challenge brought on a lot more purpose because of that. So it wasn't just like about like, you know, finishing it and, you know, that felt great. But I think like what felt better was, like I said, like other people being inspired to do their own challenges or being inspired in general by the by the challenge.
1: And so I I've never spoken to anybody about, you know, breaking a world record. But do they give you like a medal, a certificate? What is how do they go about uh, congratulating you?
0: Yeah, so with Guinness, um I don't have an I should mention I don't have an official record with them. Um they're uh to actually get a <laughs> official record, it's pretty insane. Um I would have had to Um, videotape all my runs and have someone else like be um, like witness it multiple people witness it and I should have read it a little bit more before I pursued it Um, I thought tracking on my Garmin and doing blog posts and also tracking on my Nike app would be sufficient I don't know why I was so naive but Mm -hmm. I was (laughs) so I think I do know that you do get a certificate if you are um, if you do get a Guinness World Record, but unfortunately, I do not have an official Guinness World Record. <laughs> but I do know I did it, and that's mm-hmm. to me like sufficient.
1: I think that you know, no matter you know, it's it's a it's a piece of paper, you know. And I think that the kind of people, or sorry, the kind of person that you are, um, who likes to go above and beyond, and to me, it sounds like that day. Um that record breaking day was just like something that you 'll remember and something that you'll cherish forever, and I think that that goes also above and beyond this piece of paper,
0: yeah, absolutely, and just the confidence I was able to build in pursuing anything um it's helped me in so many other avenues in my life, not just like um running related but also with work and other you know challenges I set for myself as well
1: so with challenges like these and um, you know, bettering yourself as an athlete and as a person. Uh, I'm sure that comes with, you know, a lot of hardships along the way. We all experienced them. But earlier in this episode, you mentioned something about burnout. And I'm sure that running or doing anything for 74 consecutive days is just, you know, that's a burnout waiting to happen. So take me through the recovery process of such an incredible feat.
0: Yeah, so on the day-to-day basis, like, it was a lot of mental talk, for sure. Um, Just some of the days or some of the runs stretched on forever. Um, I did use some kind of um, mental strategies to help me get through the runs. One I found, for example, was to listen to, like, thriller audiobooks, and then I wouldn't be able to listen to it unless I was starting my run, so I had something to look forward to. It kind of kept my mind occupied especially when I was feeling sore or like stiff or like not good. I just had to distract my mind as best I could. Um, I'd have like phone calls with my mom. My partner would come um, along with the um, on the bike and give me like bananas and encourage me. And my best friend came a few of the runs too, and she encouraged me. Um, but some of the big hardships, like definitely like mentally – It was hard to like run for that long every single day Um, and uh, just physically as well. um, I definitely had those like really bad days where, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I couldn't walk. I was like waddling around so stiff. And then I was like terrified the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, what if I feel like this in the morning? Um, And then I would just kind of like push. If I did feel really stiff or sore still, I would kind of push my, run a little bit later. I tried to do it in the mornings, but there are a few times where I think I did it like early afternoon just to give my body that extra rest. Um, And then, yeah, just listening to other people um, and their comments and how bad it is on my body, which I still get all the time because I am still kind of on a, I guess you could say a quest of consecutive running, which I've been doing for now over three years. Um, I do get all those comments and Um, that it's just so bad on my body and that I'm going to suffer when I'm older. (laughs) Um, but those, I guess, were the big ones. It's just, yeah.
1: (laughs) For someone who, you know, thrives off of, you know, pushing their limits, seeing how far you could go, you know, a theme in this episode going above and beyond. Do you ever take a minute to step back and, you know, really think about what you're doing, because I think that for me anyways, I get lost a bit in, you know, running and, you know, setting that next goal and, you know, doing what I can to achieve it. But do you ever take a step back and just, you know, look at it from the inside out?
0: Yeah, I think like not often, as often as I should, but I do. Yeah. And I, um, I just like, again, it goes back to that feeling of it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you and then I, um, it's tough, but I do take a look and on the outside and just try to like celebrate like mini milestones. Like when I hit date 1000, I invite people to come running and then grab a drink after, um, even just like looking, um, sporadically at the day count I'm at. And I'm like, Oh wow. I, I'm at this day, even though it's a completely random day, but I've made it this far and I should be you know, grateful of that, because I do get wrapped up in like, it's not enough ever. um, And it's exhausting. And it's like, not a good way to live at all. Because, you know, I'm never going to get satisfied, no matter what I accomplish. So I have tried to make like a more cognizant effort to kind of take a step back and reevaluate. And, um, and I do this every year, but I'll at the end of the year in December, I'll take a look at what I accomplished that year. Um, And then I'll start setting my goals for the next year. And when I go through this process, I realize, oh wow, I actually accomplished a lot, even though I like tend to forget sometimes or kind of blow it over because I'm always like, what's next? I don't remember timelines, Um, but yeah, (laughs) again, a work in progress.
1: I love that work in progress is, uh, I think something that a lot of us feel, especially given, uh, the last year that we have uh, the last year that we've had, I mean, 2020 to a lot of people have been full of, has been full of hardships and heartaches and, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush, but I think I, I'm just curious, you know, to each individual, it's going to be different, but what's a big takeaway for you over the last year?
0: I think the biggest takeaway for me, and there's just been so many changes, like Mind the platitude, it's been like such a roller coaster, like so many good things have happened that were unexpected and then just like really, really bad things too. But I think like with COVID, it's really kind of given me a chance to slow down and really reevaluate my priorities and what's important to me. And I've definitely made some, like, big shifts um, and just kind of, like, loosened up my expectations of myself and, um, you know, just realized that every day isn't going to be, you know, I'm not going to be making this crazy progress every day and um, just kind of being satisfied. I know I had way more bad days than ever before in terms of, like, energy and lethargy and, like, everything, Um, but... I guess like I've developed a lot more self-compassion this year and been okay with having like lower mileage days or crappy workouts or not making like the progress that I want, especially since moving out to Calgary, my pace has gotten so much slower because of the terrain here. And sometimes I feel like super stiff. So it's like a lot more challenging, but yeah, I would say, um, you know, just really kind of, I've just really been able to refocus and figure out what I want to do, I guess, in the next five years, which is completely different. I'm making some big changes with, with my work and business and um, and also focusing more on um, things that are really important to me. And that's running and my relationships and just training and, and writing is um, is a big one, too.
1: Yeah, finding those things that, like we talked about earlier, you can lean into and just you know taking them where they're meant to go for sure. Um, so yeah, the ultimate question here uh, what's next? Goals, ambitions, anything like that?
0: Yeah, so I was actually just thinking about this the other day. Um because I have no idea what's going to happen in 2021 and what races are going to go on, especially with the second wave and everything. And that's all. Usually, when I think about in terms of um, what I'm going to accomplish, it's always like, what races am I going to do? But um, to the honest answer is like, I don't know. Like, eventually, I want to do. There's a lot of hundred mileers I want to do. Um, I want to eventually get through all the world majors. Um, I want to hit a sub three hour marathon time. Um, But given like twenty twenty, like I, I'm not gonna set those hard goals, and instead, um, I'm gonna set kind of smaller goals, maintaining my streak, um, you know, just some financial goals, some career goals, um, and just like working on um, things that make me happy, and just making incremental improvements, just working chipping away at things that um, I want to improve upon um, each day make me happy and um i guess like you know races will return eventually and when they do I'll like set more of those hard goals but until then um kind of keeping it loose which I've never really done before
1: <laughs> yeah i like that i think you know given how unpredictable things are especially you know, with races being canceled or, you know, you don't really know what's around the corner. So I guess setting those smaller goals isn't actually a bad idea. And I might, I might have to take that. I might have to steal that from you.
0: Yeah, do it.
1: (laughs) All right. So just to wrap up this episode, uh, I spoke to you about the Mountain Minute at the beginning of the episode, but we're going to get right into this. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready. This 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 is is the Mountain mountain minute. Minute.
1: All right, three... Two, one. Favorite
0: movie? (laughs) I'd say Night at the Roxbury. Random choice, I know. (laughs) Favorite food? Pizza.
1: Go to breakfast?
0: Ooh, usually oatmeal. Favorite song? Something About You, Hayden James, Odessa Remix.
1: Where did you first hear this song?
0: My sister recommended it, I think.
1: What is your guilty pleasure song?
0: Mm, That's a tough one. I think it's like Miley Cyrus, The Climb.
1: (laughs) Great choice. (laughs) Favorite day of the week?
0: Um, Saturday.
1: Least favorite day of the week? Tuesday. Favorite color? Purple. What time do you usually go to bed?
0: 10.
1: What time do you usually wake up?
0: Between 5.30 and
1: 6.30. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? A pig. <laughs> if you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. That's a deep one. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Take your time.
0: Um, I think... Um. Hmm. Hmm. I don't really have a good answer for that one. I think that's too deep for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, be, that's okay. Be able to shoot it off quickly. <laughs>
1: if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be?
0: Mm. Um, also a tough one. Maybe the Beebs, just to just to see <laughs> what it <is he> like.
1: <laughs> I'm a big Beaver fan and I'm gonna I'm just gonna totally, you know, hands down to that one.
0: <laughs> I'm not even a big Beebs fan. It just came to mind first. I'm like, you know what? Whatever.
1: <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would you choose?
0: I'd fly for sure.
1: Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coffee or tea?
0: Coffee. Hands down. Rain or chime shine
1: day or night day favorite number 11 where do you want to travel japan fill in the blank this podcast is awesome i get that answer a lot
0: actually really i don't know it's like first time think that's the <laughs> line
1: it's a good word, honestly. All right, well, that's a Mountain Movers podcast episode. Thank you so much, Emily, for you know sharing your story and sharing all these, you know, very personal but very um, needed pieces of advice. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Mountain Movers podcast. Join our community on Instagram at Mountain Movers Pod. Rate and review us on all streaming platforms, and let's grow the Mountain Movers community together. Until next time. Keep climbing. Love always, Jake.